everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Hot Dogs and Caviar. We are coming at you from Hot Dogs and Caviar Studios, located variously in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Somerville, South Carolina, or uh, I TK, I can't remember where you live. Uh, Virginia somewhere. Uh, <laughs> India. <laughs> located, located, it's very hot, here. Hot, dogs and hot Dogs and Caviar Studios, located in my kitchen uh, and on Zoom. By the way, uh, to the audience at home, speaking of Zoom, uh, my internet's kind of being a bastard today, so if you hear something that's a little glitchy, bear with us. Uh, I, Jesse's I fault. I mean, yeah, it's Jesse's fault. I mean, the engineer for our podcast is an absolute incompetent hack. Uh, turns out <laughs> he's a lot better at making pate than he is at making podcasts. Uh, <laughs> um, God, is he sexy. <laughs> but yeah, so just a glorious hunk of man. Oh my god, just, just, just. Uh, he looks like a, like a, like a trash bag full of yogurt with a scarecrow tattoo. Uh, Yet still with shoulders <laughs> of Atlas. Shoulders of Atlas. So anyway, uh, if you hear anything glitchy, I promise I'm gonna do my best to edit out the most of it. So it's gonna be kind of like Tarver's constant profanity or my constant burping. It's just gonna be one of those. I did my best. Uh, so you're welcome. You'll get through it. So anyway, we gotta. We haven't recorded one of these for a while uh, because I don't know because summer has been hectic, um, and uh, you know yeah. that's just lots of reasons. We've all got irons in the fire, um, but uh, we so we've stacked up a couple of cool topics to talk to you all about. And uh, I think uh, Tarver was going to start it off by telling us about an event he just worked that apparently was uh, a, a stressful, uh, skinless world of blood-soaked horror or something like that. TK, would you uh, corroborate? Yeah. Yeah, it was one, like, I've had many a uh, stressful evening or day, whatever, but this one was, uh, this was uh, pretty, pretty, was up there. I'll give it, rank it up top three, top two for sure. <laughs> oh boy. I got to hear this because if you were, if you were uh, stressing, it's got to be a doozy here, boy. Tarver was usually the guy that was, Tarver's usually the guy that's like having a good time through service while the rest of us are like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And Tarver's just sitting there with like his, with his four arms and his 16 hands. Like, I don't know why you guys are so stressed. This is fun. <laughs> well, it was extenuating circumstances. Do you want me to, should, should I tell the story? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so, sorry. All right, so, and begin. <laughs> <laughs> Tree falls on Palisades Parkway. Um, so, 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 as you know, like, uh, so, like, the situation where I'm, I'm in right now, um, like, I don't have a kitchen. So, like, you know, I'm cooking out of my house. I'm doing, like, all these little private events and, you know, things for the investors and all that kind of stuff. So that, that alone adds to it, you know, like, I don't have a walk-in. I don't have, you know, like, a dishwasher or a three compartment sink and like a ton of burners and stoves and equipment and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and like months ago, a friend of mine from Longstone Farm in Lovesville, Virginia was like, hey, do you want to do, you know, start off the season? Like do like all these barn dinners. She's, she has this huge barn and, uh, you know, you want to do the first event of the year. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And then, uh, you know, there's a there was a calendar situation, our work calendar where I don't know if you guys use Google Calendar, but like sharing calendars and seeing which calendar you can see and all that kind of stuff can be uh -huh. a little bit confusing. Uh, Nate's calendar was hidden. And when I looked at the calendar to book the event, like it was no big deal. And then, you know, Nate chimes in after I said yes. He's like, hey, I'm out of town the whole week up. I'm, I'm in town that day, but the whole week I'm gone. 
I was like, oh shit. All right. Well, uh, that gives me like at least, you know, but it's just me and Nate and it was 70 people, uh, which doesn't sound uh, like a lot. I know because yeah, like, yeah, you know, if you does. have a whole team of peoples, a, a 70 person of event, yeah, it's a lot. It's a me. lot. And it was, it was, <laughs> it was like a multiple little past bites and then four courses plated oh. all this kind of stuff so i was like four cores plated yeah. plus past yeah. stuff so we used to do 70 people 70 people wine dinners at the woodlands with like six of us and a professional kitchen and service staff yeah so we'd yeah, knock it out it, that sounds yeah. gnarly that sounds <laughs> still stressed out a little bit you know you'd want to be like oh man like it's a big party like you'd still stress out but man so there was a little bit of a balance, you know, like I'm in my home. It's like working from home. Stress goes down a little bit. You can go at your own pace, you know, but at the uh -huh. same time, like, like I just said, there's not anything here, you know, like anyway, so uh, just to try for brevity's sake anyway. So like 70 people, four courses, pass bites or whatever. Nate's out of town, you know, like I booked the event a, a couple months ago, like uh, I knew it was around the corner and like, wasn't really, you know, stressing myself. I didn't want to hype myself up too much, but then when the, you know, it came around to it the week of, I was like, all right, let's, let's figure this out. Like went over to the farm, figured out the menu, got proteins and stuff, went to a bunch of farms in the area and got all kinds of produce and wrote a menu. And then I was like, oh yeah, I got Henley for half the week. It's almost impossible for me to like prep when, you know, like, I mean, I could, uh -huh. I could put the TV on and just let her watch TV for hours, but I also want to like, you know, keep her engaged and, you know, I love her. And so I, there wasn't much <laughs> prep getting done when Henley was around and then she would fall asleep around, you know, now eight o'clock. So I would prep for like an hour or two. Oh, and let me also add this in there for the listeners. I have like a whole food truck. We use it as a mobile kitchen. It's like a great big giant truck. That's awesome. And I told Casey, I was like, look, I was in the process of getting yeah, it's the shit. I love it. Um, I mean, it's got a fryer, burners, griddle, like all it's, it's like a full kitchen in there. It's just small. Um, anyway, um, so all right. So day of the event, Nate shows up uh, around <laughs> <Yeah>. noon. <laughs> you know, I got everything finally done. I mean, I was dude, like we were I was twisting up these raviolos that we like flip up upside down. So we call them like raviolo royale. So you can like you know, flip, do ravioli, flip it up and sit down, crimp it like a dumpling. And then you can fill the little bowl of pasta with, with broth. So when you cut yeah. into it, it spills out everywhere. Like awesome. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, Nate rolls up and, uh, and I was like, all right, man. Uh, so, or he was on his way and I was like, look, so I need to go jump the truck. I pretty much have everything ready to go. The food truck is, is uh, a beast, but it also has two very old batteries. And there are two huge batteries. And the only way that we've been able to get the truck started in the past is to jump it with two cars. <laughs> Nate, I, com <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot that Nate bought a new car, which is an electric car. And you can't jump another vehicle with an electric car. I didn't know if you knew that or oh, not. Oh, I did not know that. I think that. there's a hack for Teslas, but it's not a Tesla. It's like a Volvo or something like that. Anyway, so like Nate's on his way. He's like, all right, I'm going to go jump the truck. Gave him the whole spiel about Casey. I'm stressed the fuck out. Casey calls me up and she was like, uh, you know, she's like saying all this kind of like stressful shit. Just like uh, this person called out sick. This person called out sick. I'm going to have to get somebody else. Do you know anybody? I'm like, yeah, I think I know a couple people. So I'm like calling a couple people. I like while I'm hooking the cables up and I've jumped cars so many fucking times i can't believe i did this but i put the cables on the truck backwards 
Do you know what that means? So like I like when I put it on, like it started sparking like crazy, but there was a little moisture. So I was like, oh, it's just moisture. And I'm talking to Casey and I'm and she's like, you know, I was like, look, all right, I'm gonna call some people. Uh, so you're down like we needed like five servers like we're you know we're down two or maybe even three so I'm like calling like two or three people and I happen to look down and the cables are like on fucking fire there's like <laughs> melting plastic everywhere so like <laughs> so like I ripped the cables off they were like a million degrees burn my hand there's fucking melted plastic all over my fucking car like all this kind of shit I the only and I started freaking the fuck out because when I was a teenager, I was going to night school and my little brother came to jump my car in the parking lot while I was at school and he put the cables on wrong and he I remember him coming in the class at classroom and being like, "Hey yo, uh your radio's smoking." And I was like, "What?" And found out that the cables were on backwards and completely fried the whole fucking car, like the computer, all the fuses, everything. So, so I was like, oh shit. So like, I just fried this whole fucking truck. So I'm like, first thing I do is like, okay, worst case scenario, the truck's not going to start. I'm going to have to go to Home Depot and buy like portable fucking burners. And I'm going to have to go to fucking Walmart or something and buy like new pots to set up a fryer and all, and like all this kind of shit. Oh my God. Nate gets there and I'm like, he, as soon as he rolled up, you can see it in my face. And he was like, oh, what's up? <laughs> So I'm like, all right, look, man, like we got to try and jump this truck. I put the cables on fucking wrong. I don't want to hear shit about it. Like, let's just fucking see if we can get it started. So I hooked my car up to it. Wasn't fucking jumping. Like, at least it was like there was sounds happening and the lights were turning on. So I thought I knew that was positive. We went to to AutoZone to get like a, a portable battery charger. Right. We go get like a portable thing which and we buy it it was completely dead so i had to charge the this battery cell and then put it on the truck holy shit the truck starts up oh my oh. fucking god I'm like all the stress starts melting away i'm like oh fucking thank god so then we load up the fucking truck we drive the truck over there we get there and like this whole fucking truck is so goddamn slow and all of our <laughs> social media and contact information is on the back we got this huge line of cars behind us and like <laughs> all the information they need to get in touch with us to be like, pick the fucking speed up, man. I'm late for my meeting. <laughs> uh, we get there and like, um, I, I love Casey. I love her to death, but she's like, all right, this is how it's going to go down. I'm going to, we're going to do the pass bites for like 30 minutes. Then I'm going to take them on a farm tour for an hour and a half. And then we're going to do, then I want you to come out and, talk to the guests and then we'll do first course. And then, you know, and all this kind of shit. I was like, uh, that all sounds great. That's not what we're doing. Like we can, we're do the past snacks farm tour. That's all awesome. But like, I'm not going to come out and greet, like, you know, like we're going to plate first course so that the you know, first course is like coming out as they're sitting down. And then I can come out and like describe the course. And she was like, okay, but if you could come out and speak first, that would be great. And I was like, I'm coming out after Casey. She was like, well, like if your team can like be plating while you're talking, what I'm like, team? Casey, look, there's two of us. Like there's no team. Like it's me and one person plating for 70 people. Like, there's no team. And these like courses have like 10 different, you know, like things going like every, like 10 different steps to every dish and everything. So like, it was just that, like going back and forth with Casey, I'm talking too much. So like, you know, and I love her death, but she's she's just a talker. And like uh, every time like I would go out there to like describe a course, she was like, she would be like, all right, let's wait for the band to finish the song. 
And I was like, huh? And like, I'm just sitting there watching him finish the last bites of the first course while I need to go back and start the next course. And I'm like, do we really need to wait for the fucking band to finish right now? Can we just like click a glass? I say a few things, smile, make people laugh and then just leave. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, long story short, I got home, drank a stiffest fucking drink I've ever had, uh, fell asleep and woke wow. up in the exact same position I fell asleep in. <laughs> that is gnarly. That is a day It was a, right it was there. a bit of a doozy. That's a whole and, week. That's dude, a whole week. I don't even want to talk about the mountain of fucking dishes I just left. Like, I mean, there's no dishwasher. Like, I, like I just left the dishes in the kitchen, and I woke up in the morning. I was like, "Oh, it's all over." And then I look in the kitchen. I was like, "It's not quite over yet, is it?" <laughs> <laughs> this is the scene at the end of Aliens when Ripley thinks she's out and she's back on the yeah. spaceship, and then the alien queen yeah. shows up and she's like, "Uh oh, final battle." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that is the story of Tarver's harrowing, harrowing adventure uh, in uh, Doom Banquets. No, it's just 70 people. We have outstanding in the fields coming up in August. That's like 200. I don't even know. I don't even know how we're going to do it. It doesn't sound like we're, like, we're going to put everything. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't sound like the specific factors that led you to the precipice this last time are going to are going to hit you again. I mean, that seems like a yeah, pretty immersively it seems like a pretty unique set of circumstances well i mean it it sounds like an easy thing like oh it's a big dinner like a whole week and you're on you know you can prep at your own pace you can rush through it or you know take your time whatever for a week you know it seems it sounds like doable then you're actually doing it and you're in your own home doing it and i mean i had like Hotel pens on the counter, my dining table. I had, you know, everywhere. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, I know people do that all the time. I don't it think was like people understand, like, it's hard enough to make that kind of food in a professional commercial kitchen. That's tough sledding. Tough sledding is a good word. That's good. <laughs> tough sledding is good. What else is a good word? What's Nozzle. That? Nozzle. Nozzle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trevor, are you aware of this? <laughs> it's the uh no. it's the official whiting and heard sudden the word nozzle before it's the official uh whiting and sudden uh penis size index regular sized ones are called snuggles <laughs> big ones are called nozzles and little ones are called winkies very <laughs> 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 <Very> good <laughs> They all sound like hoses. <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, apart from Tarver's schmackles, <laughs> apart from Tarver's terrible, terrible story of uh, of hilarious, hilarious ruin, um, where but let's point out everything did go okay in the end. Oh, it went fantastic in the end. No, nobody felt anything. The you just didn't feel the getting feel anything. You Except just got you in yeah, the anus. Yeah, you just got your ass right kicked. in the anus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, speaking of ass kicked, so I was yeah. t- I was tending bar. <laughs> I was tending bar the Sunday before Memorial Day, and uh, the Sunday the Sunday before Memorial Day, Memorial Day turns that Sunday into another Saturday. But far be it from the powers that be to schedule accordingly. So I was alone behind the bar. And I made more money in one shift than I've ever made before on a double. It was open to close Sunday double. 
But here's the thing on the front side of the double, on the brunt side of the double, I had one cover. I made more money than I've ever made on just one half what? of a double. One half of a double. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> was the second half like super busy or did that yeah. one cover like get like crazy or something? No, the one cover left me just like a normal just to both. No, no, the, the one cover one cover left me 15 bucks, and then the entire PM side, it was just absolutely bananas. Um, it's fine. We'll 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 figure it out. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna push through. And uh I already told people this one's a glitch fest, we're having internet problems. Uh so uh the next thing that we were gonna talk about, uh Tarver sent me a picture of uh a uh little like a little spider crab. And I know them under the name Sawagani. Now, I've read about yes. them, and I've seen pictures of them. When I was in Chicago, one of the things that got the restaurant Moto known was that they served, like, a big bowl of fried Sawagani, like, popcorn as one of their dishes. Now, when I went... Dude! Yes. When I went, they didn't have it. Because apparently, according to Tarver, they're only in season for, like, uh, two weeks. I've tried to buy them at every fine dining restaurant I've ever worked at where I was in charge of buying fish, which is like three. And every single time my local vendors were unable to get them. I don't know where the hell they come from. I've still never tasted one. Apparently TK actually encountered one out in the wild. So uh, let's hear about it, man. I didn't find it out in the wild. I like, I had just heard about it, found it. And I I had them shipped from Japan. All I did was get 250 grams of them. It was just like a, a tiny little clamshell. I, I'm estimating probably about like 20, 30 little crabs. They were yeah. not cheap at all. And I was, you know, I just wanted to experiment with them and do some research and look at the possibilities of like raising them here. Because freshwater and and we're like, dude, there's so much water on the farm. Like, it's crazy. And, um, uh, you know, I didn't really, you know, I just ordered them. Uh, full disclosure, I had a little bit to drink. And I was like, oh, man, what are these? And just, like, got them. <laughs> Where'd you find them? And uh, where did I see? I think I, honestly, like, I think I saw them on TikTok or something like that. Or maybe No, I Instagram. mean, where'd you find a buy then, them? Um, yeah, who has them? Uh, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. Regalis Foods. Uh, uh, Sawagandi jam, Japanese soft shell. They're just, they're just importers. I, I guess so. I'm not even like all I did was click the link for these wow. crabs and get them. They might sell. They probably sell a bunch of stuff. Sawagandi Japanese soft shell freshwater crabs, 250 grams for 60 bucks, and then shipping on top of that. Um, dude, I, I, I gotta tell you, I was completely fucking blown away. So 250 grams for 60 bucks. I've just always to, wanted to try those. Just, I've read about them. And... Just to put that into terms that we can all understand, that's about 110 bucks a fucking pound. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, not, they're not cheap at all. Not, not at all. How many you said you got about 30 I mean, crabs? Yeah, like give or take 30. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, I had all these plans that I like, just like do experiments. I was have my friend over to so, like, we're gonna fry some and grill some and all this kind of stuff and kind of see what happens. But um, because of that event, crazy ass event, I never got a chance to really play with them too much. So we just took them to the event and like, um, you know, made made like a uh, made like a little spice blend, kind of similar to tagine. Have you ever had that uh, that season that chili powder season mix stuff? Tajine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we did, 
made some tagine, deep fried them, salt and tagine, this tagine, tagine stuff. And then I was like, we, like I never had before, I ate one. And then like, I also read like all these crazy stories, like you have to make sure you cook them through. Okay. Um, and they weren't, and the first impression was like, they're not soft shell at all. They're not like a soft shell crab. Like they're not, like they had hard shells. Maybe um, maybe by you know, soft shell but, they uh, just. I mean, bang. when they pinned it, didn't really hurt anything like that. But it was like fried them, salt, ate one, and I was like, "You got a little glitchy there." But it sounded like you were saying that first off, you were using tahini, which, if anybody doesn't know, it's a Mexican seasoning. It's like salt, citric acid, and chili pepper. It's like a lime flavored chili salt. Uh, it's awesome. So on, good. It's a. You know what? That's great on popcorn. Oh, so good on popcorn. And what I really want to so do, on popcorn, what I really yes. want to do that I haven't done yet, is take some melted fresh manteca, like fresh pork lard, and then toss popcorn with that instead of clarified butter and tahini, and have porky tahini mm. popcorn. Just because, just because I'm a hedonistic fat fuck, and that sounds awesome. <laughs> but th- and so you, I've been saying it wrong. I've been saying tahini is tahini. It's Spanish, so the J, the J, the J in Spanish is always pronounced like an H, like jalapeno, uh, like jalapeno, yeah, like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, like it. Jesus. Now you got <laughs> the other thing you got a little glitchy on. So I just want to make sure everyone understood what you're saying. It sounds like you were saying uh, that you have to be careful to cook them through because they harbor some kind of nasty. Yeah, I need to do I need to do more research on that um, just to find f- figure that out uh, exactly what it is. But yeah, just to, like you know, make sure you cook it through. Um, no, I mean, uh, dude, they're so. so I, I have a question. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I was just saying they're so small, like it's impossible. Oh, not to cook yeah. Them through. Are right, they like, similar to the oyster crabs? Good question. Yes, in. Because those Dude, are yes, awesome. Yes, in like I've had the, those many the times. butter, like those things taste like buttery crab. They taste buttery. Yeah. Yes, they taste. Yeah. They taste super buttery. They taste. They taste butter. Like taste like crab butter, dude. I mean, like they're Ooh, they're um, really yeah. So like we tried them with just a little salt, just to get like a pure you know pure flavor, and then you did the tahini and all that kind of stuff. But like man. We like uh we we fried a bunch of them for this event and then like I, we only put out like a couple dishes of it like just ate the rest of them ourselves. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was I mean it was it, a bonus for them anyway. It, it was your it was your sixty <laughs> bucks right? That's awesome. Uh, now do, do they have any natural? And man, like I thought maybe like I have like a little bit of arachnophobia. I'm getting better. I thought maybe like that kind of like they kind of look spidery, you know, because they're so small. Like no, no, man. They're like, I, like you could put a fucking big ass fifty quart mixing bowl full of those things in front of me, and I'll watch a movie and eat every single fucking one of them. Awesome, so, <laughs> so fucking good, man. Um, do they have? Dude, like, like all the, uh, if they were so expensive, like they probably have like thousands of you know uses, like even just like, you know, like pulverizing them and making like shellfish oils or, you know, like shellfish butters, that kind of thing, or crust. Like if you were to, you know, fry them and crush them and like make a crust what or I wanted, something else, that would be awesome. But what man, I wanted, they're, they're, they're so good. What I wanted to use them for was to make like a little timbal of crab salad, just a really nice crab salad and just top it with a crispy crab as like a, as an edible garnish. Yeah. So only one per Absolutely. plate. So that's actually not so bad. You've been talking maybe what, like a buck or two per plate, and a fine at the fine dining level, that's not horrible garnish wise. I mean, yeah. shit, that 
there's there's chef's garden microgreens that'll b- pop the cost of a plate that much. Um, my question, Tarver, is uh, do they have any naturals? Right. Do they have any natural salinity? Like, uh, do they have like a little salt on their yes. own? Cool. Yes, yes, definitely. Like, like honestly, like no more or less than like a blue crab or anything like that. Okay. Or yes. maybe probably more more along the lines of like shrimp. Like shrimp have like a natural salinity to it. Um, but they they do take a little they they do take a little salt uh, happily. Nice. You know, I think is I spend a lot of time. I really want to try those. I spend a lot of time fishing on the beach in South Carolina, and there's the, you know those little ghost crabs. Yep. They call them ghost crabs because like if you try to chase one, they move so fast they basically disappear. I always wonder yeah. what would happen if you caught some ghost crabs and deep fried those little bastards. I bet they'd turn delicious and red. I mean, how do they, it. They're like this. They're okay for those of you who have not hung out on the beach in the Carolinas. Ghost crabs, man, they're the biggest. They're smaller than a quarter. They're about the size of a nickel. And uh, I mean, you say do it. Uh, you have a lot of faith in my abilities as a as a hunter. If you think I can <laughs> I can catch if you think I can catch a crab that runs seventy five miles an hour and is the size of a nickel, like. <laughs> Those little bastards are fast. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a way to like, like, like dig, like where the hole that they jump down into, just kind of like, you know, shovel them out of there or something. I, I'll do it. I mean, I, I have things caught, are so fast. Yeah. They're, 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 the reason they're called ghost crabs is because when you try to grab one, they're just gone. Um, but I, I've, I've definitely tried to eat almost every species of crab I've caught on, uh, on, on, on the Charleston uh, shore. And, uh, you know, I tried to eat leopard crab. There's really no meat in them, and the shells are hard as fuck. Plus, those little guys are mean. Uh, stone crab are <laughs> yeah. stone crab are delicious. Blue crab are not worth the trouble. Those little things are assholes for sure. <laughs> like the blue crabs, like <laughs> blue crabs, like catch me, will you? And then it's pinch city. Stone crabs, on the other hand, are way more delicious, and they're really stupid and kind of over it. And they're just like, oh, you're gonna pull my arm off now, and then you do. And he's like, ah, oh, damn it. And then you throw them back in the water. It's awesome. Dude, I like I just sent you the link for these things if, if you want to check them out. Yeah, I'll link, um, I'll link it to I the I also uh, wonder I'll link you, it to the blog. That's hot dogs and caviar.blogspot.com. ABS the, always be showing. The same thing or same family as soldier crabs. Huh. So soldier like, soldier crabs are really small like that. They're freshwater. Yeah, the only thing is like um those ghost the thing with ghost crabs too like these are um you know these are marketed as soft shell like I wonder if like ghost crabs have a soft shell season to catch them in and if they're in their soft shell phase they even come out of the sand you know yeah that's probably true and I bet you have to purge them I bet ghost crabs are really no really idea. sandy yeah because like blue crab are swimming crab they don't they don't dig into the sand they like they swim and they clutch onto like pure piers and jetties but like there's like ghost crabs are sand crabs which means i'll bet you have to purse the fuck out of them like yeah. you imagine just like frying a ghost crab yeah. around the sand and then getting a mouthful of sand i'm sure their shells are full of sand true uh if anyone at home has eaten ghost crab by all means let us know because i want to know inquiring minds i need to find an inexpensive locally available substitute for sawagani so i can realize my dream of eating these things that Tarver got a hold of, and I still haven't, and I'm insanely jealous. You dick. You need to get some. I just, I just looked it up, man. Ghost crabs are edible. You, we got. Are they? Come, Sweet. come and visit, and we're buy some. Yeah, 
Let's do it. No, they're the no, same no, thing. No, like, dude, there's, no, he like, just I, said he just said they're edible. Good crabs, if you can eat them or not. First link says they are they're edible. Mm. The second link says like don't eat them. No, and then this one says they're fucking edible. Like I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, like like just first first inspection is like it goes back and forth. Like eat them. Some say eat them. Some say don't. I mean, I feel like lots and lots and lots of things are apparently inedible, but I've still eaten them. I mean, yeah. a lot of, like a lot of people will tell every. You, <laughs> every pizza is personal pan pizza if you try hard enough yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was saying is like, consider shrimp heads can you eat shrimp heads absolutely can you eat shrimp legs oh, yeah, you can. tempera fried shrimp legs are strangely awesome like you they take, are very good <laughs> you take all the you know, like what you do is you take you pick off all the shrimp legs and then you mix them in a really thin tempera batter and then you make these loose lacy fritters and they fry up crispy, and then you put some sort of like I don't know furikake or something on there, and then uh, or uh, chimichangarashi, and then you eat them and they're awesome. Oh, and it's funny when you were talking about arachnophobia earlier, I thought about my wife who is terrified <laughs> of insects. She hates insects. Shrimp are one of her favorite foods, but she can't eat peel and eat shrimp, like peel and eat shrimp <laughs> or, or, or low country boil or New Orleans style barbecue shrimp, any kind of shrimp that gets served leg on, she freaks out. And uh, like, it's funny, it's, she just, they remind her of insects. So it's, when you talk about your arachnophobia, now I think I could eat a fried spider because like, I'm not cool with spiders. I'm very, I'm very edgy around spiders, but if the spider has already been deep fried, then I feel pretty good about it. Like it's not going to bite I, me. I've eaten, I've eaten a tarantula. I've eaten a tarantula leg, a tarantula leg. I couldn't do the whole thing, but, um, and it was, it was fine. <laughs> it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like anything i'd be like oh yeah let's go get some more tarantulas but like it was you know but if that was, speaks to like i mean like i like i have a little bit you know i'm like all it's all because i've got fucking i ate acid in the in, when i was a teenager and i got stuck watching arachnophobia at my friend's house with his parents and i couldn't leave and i just had to <laughs> sit there and like have it happen to me Oh, that's ever a, since then it's just been rough that's a that's a terrible idea you know the, the worst thing i ever watched the worst thing i ever watched on acid oh my god i watched a dr house marathon that's not a good thing to watch on acid what's dr house the house the show about like uh, it's got hugh laurie about the doctor that solves medical mysteries people always just start shooting blood out of all of their holes and they're like, oh, it's lupus. It's MS. You're like, it, uh, that's not a good show trip to. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't know what that show is, but from oh my God. Well, yeah. For the kids at home that are experimenting with psychedelics, have fun, be safe, <laughs> and don't watch Arachnophobia or House MT. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just be in a safe, comfortable place, man. I, I'm all about psychedelics, man. I think they're, I think they're a great thing. Yeah, I mean, anyway, um, <laughs> they are. I do. I'm, I microdose mushrooms almost every single day. Like, there is like one of the greatest things that's ever happened. Uh, the, I'm, I'm, they're, they're I'm probably, I'm probably gonna edit this out. But yesterday, Lynn and I were on shrooms, and there was a meteor shower apparently, and we went out to the schoolyard across and looked up and tried to watch the meteor shower. And we yesterday, were just kinda, yeah. And I tried to 
see those. I, I got totally dipped. I saw like one. Well, we were we were shrooming, and I was looking at this guy. And after about, I don't know, maybe it was 10 minutes, maybe it was 30 seconds, I'm not sure. I was like, you know, I have no idea whether I'm seeing meteors or if I'm just seeing the stars move around because I'm high as fuck. And she's like, she's like, I have the same problem. Can we go in? It's hot as shit out here. And I was like, yes, yeah. let's, go, let's go, let's go back to the air conditioning. And you know, we just brought the meteor shower with us. <laughs> All right. Oh, back you keep that in. That's good. Maybe I will. All right. Back to the action. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Nate, do you have any? Uh, do you have any comments or viewer questions? Or uh, viewer? There's no viewers. Do you have any comments or listener questions for us? Not, not, not really, man. Okay, that's whatever. <laughs> I'm just really enjoying this shit, man. <laughs> I did. Uh, I I do know that uh, that Taco Bell is the only place you can still get gas for a dollar thirty. That's pretty cool. <laughs> we got that going for us <laughs> really cheap joke there, dog. That, was, that was nicely done uh that was well, that was well crafted it was a well crafted joke. all right well we yeah, just that, that was the blow hanging fruit there for sure i got some low hanging fruit for you all right um it's a it's a it's a, it's a gherkin and a couple of capers but still um all right, so uh, <laughs> so is that a wink or a schmack? Oh, it's a wink. It's a wink, and extra pickled. Let me tell you about it. Um, <laughs> all right, so so we've covered Tarver's incredibly stressful dinner, and we've covered Sawagani. And once again, to the audience at home, thanks for bearing with us. I don't know why the internet is so glitchy, but we've postponed this session so many times. We just have to soldier through. Um, so I wanted to tell you guys the highlights of me and D's whirlwind trip to New York City and all the shit we ate. Yeah, awesome. So are you guys ready to just hear some some straight up food porn? Hell yeah. So I'm just gonna take you through all the meals we had. I'm not gonna tell you everything, everything, just the stuff that really mattered. Um, so first we went to this place called Bubby's, which I'd read about. It's like a Jewish bakery. Uh, Bubby is a like Yiddish slang for grandmother. And it was just a little quick lunch, but it was a place that I, I kind of knew about. And uh, we just got a bagel with cream cheese and a piece of cherry pie. Uh, bagel, handmade, badass bagel. Uh, you know, cream cheese and a, a, schmear, a schmear and smoked salmon. Awesome. Piece of, the awesome. piece of cherry pie was absolutely amazing. The thing I thought was interesting about this place was that it was obviously Jewish owned. Uh, I mean, the Bubbies, like I said, it's Yiddish slang term for grandmother, but they advertised that they made their pie with lard crust. So obviously they have decided not to keep kosher. And this pie crust was fucking nuts. It was just like, really. I mean, it, it, it was, we were kind of close to dinner and we were going to Danielle that night. So we didn't want to eat a lot of food. So we just split a bagel and cream cheese and then split a piece of cherry pie. And it was awesome. Uh, nice. So then a night Maybe was what do you think it might have been smalts? Smalts? I mean, they said lard. That almost always implies pork fat. Okay. So probably um, not. Probably yeah, not. Yeah. Uh and like they had, you know, it, 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 I think it was just clear that they were it's interesting that the restaurant seems to be culturally Jewish, but not observing kosher laws. And you'll you'll find that a lot. I mean, like we were at Tristan and at 492 
we were Jewish owned, but we had pork and shellfish on the menu all the time. Uh, you know, it's just at some point, I think it becomes a business decision. Uh, you know, do, do we do we want to, does, does the right. restaurant want to limit itself like that? It was interesting. Uh, the pie crust was absolutely nuts. It was like a lattice top cherry pie, and it was perfect. Nice. So then that night we went to Danielle, and I don't need to take you through all of what happened. I mean, there are so many courses. Uh, what I will say is this. <clears throat> uh, I mean, Danielle's a Michelin star restaurant in New York City, so of course it was extremely expensive. We made it more expensive by adding on all the extras, foie gras, caviar, lobster, armagnac. Um, but really, really great value. Uh, they absolutely stood tall. They absolutely delivered. Um, it wasn't quite as like dollar for dollar spot on as La Bernadan, which is like my favorite restaurant in the world. Uh, but it was absolutely swung. I gotta eat there, man. I still haven't eaten La Bernadan. I gotta, I want to go there so bad. La, Bern La Bernadan is in my opinion, the best, but the thing is that's totally subjective. Like I like Van Halen better than I like Guns N' Roses just because I do. That doesn't mean Van Halen's better. Um, but uh, absolutely beautiful Ocetra caviar course. And it was an upcharge for 50 grams. And I don't know why, but they sent us both 50 grams and they only charged us for one upcharge. So I don't know if we got VIP nice. somehow. I don't know what happened. 50 grams of Ocetra caviar is a lot for two people. We each had, it's yeah. basically an ounce and two thirds, an ounce and two thirds of caviar. And they had these, yeah. interesting, they had these interesting little pancakes. They were super thin. I guess you'd call them blinis because it wasn't toast. They were soft, but they were corrugated. It was like they were made on a crimping board uh, and they were, they were soft. So you could almost roll them up, like almost like a tortilla, you know, not, it didn't taste like a tortilla, but it was that kind of action. But the, and the, it was traditional garnishes. It was some creme fraiche and some grated lime zest and some minced onion, just the stuff you find. But instead of chopped boiled eggs, which is standard with caviar, instead of chopped boiled eggs, they just had poached quail eggs. So you could make a little cool. sandwich with a big scoop of caviar and a poached quail egg. And it was just awesome. Like so incredibly good. And then that's awesome. The other thing that was extreme. I've always wanted to try his food, man. Oh, it's, it's terrific. It's just well executed. It's not super long on creativity. That's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's, it's classic French or eh, it's modern French, but like at this point, modern French still looks pretty classic compared to what's out there now. Uh, the bread service was some right. of the best. The bread service was some of the best bread service I've seen. Uh, it was just like, you know, those, uh, the baguettes where they put the individual small baguettes kind of in an alternating pattern and make kind of a, a, a wheat, 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 wheat stock kind of a kind of shape. It was similar to that. Full of, full of pea? I, I can't remember. It was similar yeah, to yeah, I think you're right. called what, full you, epi, or epi, full epi. Where you pull off the individual baguette pieces. So you get a lot. So you get the, you get proportionately more crust per bread and it's yeah. nice. Uh, in this case, they had something similar to that. They were shaped like crabs, like whole crabs. So there would be like, there were like, there was like a body piece and then like a couple of leg pieces and then a couple of claw pieces. They really looked like little crabs. Uh, so there were all these different, like they only brought you one and they brought it on a spindle. So it stood upright. So it looked cool and it was hot and crusty. They must've been a huge huge pain in the ass for the baker to make because every like imagine if instead of everybody oh, gets yeah. a roll it's everybody gets a goddamn crab made of baguette pieces so there's probably one person back there <laughs> where this is their whole job 
the butter was super salty, which I like. And it was, uh, it looked like Esheray. I'm not sure what it was, uh, but it was that level of quality. Um, the bread and butter service there was probably the single best bread and butter service I've seen. Like the only place that nice. it couldn't, the only place that it couldn't compete. And the thing is, this shit matters, man. Bread and butter, like the bread and butter service at Gordon Ramsay. Was Big like bre- perfect bread and butter is better than most courses, in my opinion. Now, the only place that competed with it yep. was Robichon because they have the bread cart. That's not a fair fight. They'll yeah. always, they'll always yeah. win. They have 30 <laughs> different kinds of bread and you can yeah. pick as many as you want. And, and you should piece of wah too, man. They do like a whole like bread sommelier where they like pair breads with every mm-hmm. course. Oh, cool. Awesome. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, in, yeah, this, in, in this case, but yeah, there's some freaking awesome. There's something to be said for the crystalline approach that Danielle took one type of bread. Perfect. You get one it's in pieces. So you can eat it. Like the fact that it was all these little pieces meant that you ate it slowly. You didn't just crush the roll and look around for more. Like you broke off a piece and the crab thing was bizarrely functional because you had to disassemble it to put like, you'd rip off another piece. You'd rip off another piece. The pieces were small, like the size of the end of your thumb. So it was an ingenious design because it kept the bread service perfect. And it stopped you from just crushing your bread in two seconds. It was brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I caught a rash of shit for doing something like that at um 492 when we served the bulls and we just kind of cut it and i wanted people to like grab it and rip it like i love the tactility of that and like pulling off a piece of bread or like from a bigger piece like there's just something awesome about feeling it and crackling it and yeah that is so dope yeah. man oh, i really yeah. appreciate i really appreciate the tactility of like grabbing it and just feeling yeah. the bread that's yeah. awesome dude crackle it's in Torn bread is better than yes. sliced bread. I never thought about that. Far. Yeah. How much? Think about think about making croutons. If you dice your croutons, they look nice. But if you tear your croutons, they have more crispy surface. Yep. So much crunchier. Yeah. More craggly. More all these all the geometries. Just like French fries. It takes a lot longer yeah. too. It's like it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the Blumenthal triple cooked chips run on that principle. God, we are nerds. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, a, a, a lot of the stuff at Danielle. It was every, it was everything. It was everything you'd expect. Like there was a really nice lobster course with pink grapefruit. There was a beautiful foie gras terrine with rhubarb and wild rose marmalade. Um, you know, there was a Damn, white. That sounds mm. There was a white asparagus salad with sauce mousseline. Like, but then the dish mm-hmm. that the dish that really was just an absolute showstopper. It was a piece of uh, like black bass. I think it was black bass. Uh, just a gently cooked bat, black bass, so it was super gelatinous and moist. Served with several preparations of artichoke, and actually, this is something that was. Oh, uh, I'm so sold on this right now. Please go hold, ahead. On, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Uh, let me let me let me make it aside. I should have talked about the amuse. Uh, the amuse wasn't the most impressive course, but it set the tone. The amuse was three different preparations of leek. So you take the most boring vegetable in the world, and then you do it three different ways. It was like a little leek soup. And a braised piece of leek, and I don't even—I don't even really remember. It doesn't matter. What matters is that that established the theme, where vegetables at that place tend to be treated a couple of different ways. Uh, and so, cool. throughout the meal, I love was, that. Yeah, it, it, like it just—it shows execution. And the thing is, that's a lot similar to what we used to do at the Woodlands a lot of the time. But the, this dish was the one where that went over the moon. There was an artichoke puree that was also flavored with lemon verbena. That was the base, the swoop, if you will. Mm. Mm. Uh, and then a piece of perfect fish and then some crispy like 
like fried artichokes and then some thin slices of raw baby artichoke. I and fucking then, love artichokes, man. I this course is sounding so good. I'm sorry. And then go ahead. On top sounds, of that, uh, artichokes but, and verbena is yeah. awesome. Right, so right now you're getting this really citrusy, citrusy, fishy cord, and it makes perfect sense. It's logical. But they also had a really cumin-heavy panisse that was diced into bri- like little bricks oh, that were wow. crispy on all sides. So the cumin hit the artichoke and the lemon and took it in a very like southern french mediterranean bordering on moroccan direction and then on but then the thing that sold it over the top is there was just a little tiny tiny smear like a a suspicion a soupçon of uh, black olive tapenade across the type of the fish so it was olive cumin artichoke lemon verbena black bass and it was one of the best fucking fish courses i've ever fucking had God damn, that sounds Dude, good. That sounds killer. That and it was just the the tapenade was like really almost smooth, and they just kind of brushed it on. The it skin. wasn't. It wasn't even brushed. It was like they dipped a spoon in it and then just touched this fish with the back of the the back of the spoon. Little, like little just drop and drag kind of. Yeah, like smear. like a bare barely a smear because it, it it was like the fish was seasoned yeah, yeah. lightly with tapenade. Because the thing is a God lot of damn it, just something kind of briny. Dude. Yeah. It it that, was that it sounds was, like a ten out of ten. It was a, it was a fucking twelve out of ten. It was the most perfect fish course I've ever had. That wasn't the Arctic char with part uh, with pea juice and truffle at La Bernadette. Uh, and the thing is, that's I couldn't pick which one of those was better because the, the La Bernadette dish was elemental in its simplicity. Meanwhile, the Danielle dish had a lot going on, but it hung together perfectly. The one thing about the Danielle dish that was kind of over the top is they folded some caviar into the lemon verbena burblanc that was on the plate and it didn't need to be there. Like it was, it was, don't get me wrong. I'll always, I'll always like more caviar, but that was the one thing that didn't add much, but that's, that's okay. You know, that's, that's not a, that's not a check mark. The, the the fish dish was absolutely amazing. Then the meat courses were nice. Uh, There was a tea crusted squab breast. And then like a venison breast with like lots of black winter truffle mm. and celery root cream with root veg. Uh, but the squab breast had what they called a leg in bestia. And so, you know, warka leaves or brick dough uh, that, that they wrap bestia with. Yeah. I yeah. think the squab legs yep. were, I think the squab legs were confied. I'm not hundred percent sure they might've been braised. Um, but then they were, and this is conjecture. I didn't ask how they did it, but it seemed like they were smeared with a little bit of foie gras mousse and then rolled up in brick dough, and then flash fried. <clears throat> so you had like, wow, because you know the the leg of the squab. All, you know how the leg of the squab always kind of sucks. Like the breast is what you're there for, but the leg is just this like ropey, gangly piece of meat. It's got a lot of flavor, but the texture's never great. It turns out when you there take are a lot that, of work though. There are a lot of work, but it turns out when you when you wrap that in in brick dough in warka leaves, like brick dough is the French name, warka is the Maghreb name. But if you put a little foie gras and a little worker leaf around them and then crisp them, maybe they were baked in a hot oven. I really couldn't tell you. Like it, it, at, the, at that level, you don't always know exactly how they're doing it. But um, it, the, the leg was better than the breast. This is the only time in my life I've had a squab leg that was better than the breast. Just Damn. nuts. Desserts were, wow. desserts were pitch perfect. There was a chocolate mousse with like a warm blood orange salad. Uh, there was a little tart trapezienne, which is like a brioche tart with uh kiwi fruit uh and then like little brioche twills <clears throat> the best dessert of the night was just a lemon tart lemon tart and i i in my notes i just wrote lemon tart best dessert of night i don't quite remember 
at that point of the night, we there had been many, many glasses <laughs> of champagne, but the desserts were just terrific, just terrific. Uh, and then at the end, after after they were, you were done with the things they ordered, the Mignardies were amazing. It was, like, it was like, yeah, well, yeah, Armagnac, of course. And then they had like perfect, perfect little nougat, like southern, <laughs> like southern French nougat. And then they had like uh, macroot lime jelly uh, and marshmallow. So they made a thin wow. sheet. They made a thin sheet of macroot lime jelly, and then put mm. a paper thin sheet of marshmallow over it, and then sliced it in longs and cut it into and rolled it into pinwheels. Or maybe they rolled it into pinwheels what? and sliced it. So you had like little jelly and marshmallow. What are, what are those limes? Macroot. It's like a kefir lime. It's like one of those limes that's all rind. Okay. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty much juiceless. I mean, I guess there might be some juice in them, but they're 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 rind limes. So it was like you know, fruit and leave kind of fruit loop limes. Uh, so it was like yeah, yeah, pinwheels of jelly and marshmallow. They showed so much execution, and at the same wow. time, were just so like such a great little candy treat. And then a little bowl of warm medallions that were like right out of the oven. Uh, and then oh, yeah. and then just just when you think I'm gonna die, this is the best meal I've had in years, which is what I was thinking. When you leave, they give you a bag, and in the bag there were uh, uh, canals. You know those like little. Uh, they're almost like financiers. Mm-hmm. Those are little, little, little sugary, buttery rum cakes. Uh, and wow. those are, they're like these are mm-hmm. for breakfast. And uh, I actually managed to in wait. The fluted little molds. In the little fluted molds. C a n n e l l e s. Canales. Canales. Yeah. Canales. Canales de Bordeaux. I don't yeah. know what to, yeah, okay. Yeah. French is hard. But you yeah, ever they made have, those? They're they're no. fucking there there is a trick to them, dude. Like you need like these they're little a bitch. copper look like it's like a copper little uh cup thing, terrine, whatever it is. It's like a little mold. Yep. Terrine, what am I trying to say? Ramekin, yep. yeah. Dude, they're oh, yeah. tricky. And you have to like mm-hmm. line them with bees uh rendered beeswax and all this stuff, man. The, uh, Nate, uh, we, Nate Shapiro has spent years mastering those things. They're, oh, they're, they're difficult. I've never yeah. made one. They, the texture reminds me of a financier, but I don't think they have nut flour. Like, unlike a financier, I think they just get that texture no. from it, lots, it's almost lots like of... A, a, it's almost like a boozy crepe batter, like, but a thicker crepe batter. But, like, it's they're so crunchy on the outside. Yeah, this it's attributed to, like, the, a certain sugar content and the beeswax. Like, it's it, and and the copper there's there's so many different things that go they're they're one of the most tricky things you can do in the pastry department man they're 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 tricky so a, they are a, real tricky apart from that the funny story that i have about danielle is that i haven't worn my dress shoes in like five years i just haven't gone to a restaurant good enough to where i need to have like <laughs> dress shoes and i got this pair of banana banana republic shoes they're patent leather they look great uh, i got them at a flea market in the gay neighborhood in chicago like 20 years ago and uh, I paid like 20 bucks for them. And they're probably $200 shoes, but they look good on me. They fit me perfectly. So I've had them for years. I don't have them anymore because as I was walking into Danielle, I was getting out of the cab and one of the soles just popped right off my shoe. Like the Shut glue, up. The, glue had uh... got, the glue had gotten old. And apparently 20 years is long enough. The glue gave up and the sole popped off. So these shoes, you know, men's dress shoes have a little heel on them. So all of a sudden, one of my legs is longer than the other, and I'm standing. It's cold, by the way. It was March in New York City, so it's cold. So one of my feet is just with a thin layer of leather. Shut Cold sidewalk. So as I'm walking into Danielle, the other sole pops off. Ew, you walk barefoot in New York City? (laughs) No, no. The shoes shoes were there, uh, but it was just a thin layer of leather with, like, holes in it. 
and then my socks, which were dress socks, and they didn't help much. So I walked into one of the most elite exclusive restaurants in New York City with no soles on my shoes. I felt like I felt wow. like a like one of those scenes. Like it was like it was like in Ferris Bueller's Day Off when they're like pretending to be rich. Like I'm the sausage king of Chicago, and they're like these broke ass high school students. That's what I felt like. I felt like a broke ass. It's not my first time feeling like that. Oh man, that probably sucked, man. I, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't Damn. care. They started pouring the booze and. Then there was an interesting case of mistaken identity where they thought that we were like an important cheesemonger from New Orleans, which I think is how we might have gotten VIP'd. Uh, <laughs> it don't matter. None of this matters. It was a great meal. Uh, that fish dish was the best thing I've, the best fish dish I've had in a, a long, maybe maybe 10 years. Amazing. Dude, did you get pictures of it? I know that's kind of a rude thing to do in restaurants. No, but we didn't do pictures. I fucking love artichokes. Seriously, like, and Nate, that's I love artichokes so fault. much. I used to, I used to like. <laughs> you know, so I'm being completely serious, and one of the, it was one of the million reasons why I love you, man. But like, uh, like it was like at Woodlands, I was like, I like, I liked artichokes, but they're such a bitch and a half to prep, and like they, they take so much bitch. fucking time, and like, oh my god, they're turning brown, all that kind of stuff. Your pat, the way you were so passionate about not just eating vegetables but like working with them and crafting them and carving them oh, and thanks, man. creating you know like and how upset you got when like plates came back <laughs> from the dining room and all they <laughs> ate was the meat <laughs> yeah but like fucking, i remember like getting in cases of artichokes and me and you sitting there just like you know paring down artichokes like all day long and just being like and then eating them and then trying all these different things. I was like, you know what? Fucking artichokes might be my number one favorite vegetable They're now because of Nate. So good, man. Because of you, man. Dude, I fucking thanks, man. Love that means a lot, things. man. That really does. Dude, that... I know we're boys and everything, but I still I look up to you, to you. man. I... I think you're the man. I think you're I think the man. You're the man. I appreciate I mean, that. You're both. Pretty, you're, you're, you're both. <laughs> I gotta come badass. up there and cook with you, man. Let us know when that um. And the fields thing is too. Maybe I can get up there and Fuck, help you. If you could, if man. Best, if you, oh my god! What is it? I'll tell you right now. Like if Nate Whiting. Oh my god. Um, maybe we just leave it at that, and we'll cover some more of my New York night notes another night. Because uh, that was day one. There's day two and day three. Um, let's, let's do let's do the rest of New York in a whole episode. Honestly, man, I, I like I was just talking to Nate when you were peeing. I was talking about artichokes. Like we, I, like I want to delve more into that crab-shaped bread. Like I, the, we could, we could talk about that dinner and yeah, whole yeah. Episode, let's, man. let's 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 call this let's call this the teaser, and on the ne- on the next episode. Yeah, I want all the nasty details, man. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, well then, tell we, me all the dirt. <laughs> well, okay. So we we've, we've, we've covered. <laughs> if you guys could just cool it for two seconds. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and leave it at that. Uh, we're starting to run low on time. I have four more incredible new york city meals to tell you all about uh but uh you know time is running short and also the internet is being super super fucking glitchy today so this is probably not going to be our best produced episode so let's call it it's been a we were about an hour in uh and then let's come back next week and uh and finish this topic out and i'll tell you guys about the crazy western chinese hole in the wall and the badass tapas place and uh you know the 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 other the the other the, the the place that the super famous place where like I've had so many dishes that have been stolen from this place and it was like a weird sense of deja vu when I was having the originals. Like there's a lot of stuff what? there. 
There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. So let's 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 finish my New York City notes on another episode, and uh, let's uh, go ahead and call it a night tonight. Are you guys with me? I'm down. You gave, you gave me a whole episode on, on London, man. I want let's do a whole episode on New York, dude. I would love to hear that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we already covered Danielle, and yeah, Bobby's I want to hear more about this. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right. Then uh, we'll we'll finish my New York notes on the next episode. And uh, yeah, we need uh, to find out what those little crepe things were too with the caviar yeah. service. I looked; those yeah. sound incredible. What are it's, those waffled? They're they're corrugated. They're like crimped, like you know, like like a corrugated aluminum roof, or like I'm gonna call them. <laughs> Do it. I'm gonna call a restaurant. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I mean, I, I feel like it was it was kind of a it might have been a yeasted batter. I feel like it was a yeasted batter just because of the texture of it. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was airy and full of bubbles, like a yeasted batter. But I don't know how they got a yeasted batter so thin and crimped because it was definitely cooked like a pancake on this like corrugated surface. It wasn't sliced. I think. I mean, I don't know if it was sliced. I'm amazed that they got the slice so thin and so even. But I feel like they ladled some yeasted batter onto a like a dimpled, rippled surface to get that weird texture. Um, and the texture didn't hmm. do much. Maybe it was egg, whip, whipped egg whites, you know, like in Belgian waffles. No, it really, like how it's a yeasted waffle, it, but you still fold in like the hmm. whipped whites, but they deflate. But it like uh, you get like that, like uh, I'm not sure. I was kind of still I was, aerates it. You know what I mean? I was kind of mystified. So let's let's spend some time on the internet looking things up, uh, and let's let's get. I wonder back if it was like what I, what's that called? Like it, like it's almost like a like a, a fluted. Mold, like the mold part of a tart shell like what if they got it like you know hold, held it in a fryer for example so it was rip hot and then like dipped it into that oh slash batter and then back into the fryer you know the, the, how you make shells that way i wonder if That's, it was like that yeah. i've actually never heard of that trick but it sounds cool um yeah okay so let's I all went to something like ablescavers too or something well it was it was super but it was not like, in one of those pans that that batter yeah. It was as thin as the cardboard on a shoebox, but it was bready in texture. It was crazy. Wow. Well, let's 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 all do some independent research on that, and let's get back in the New York next week. You guys with me? I'm down, super down for that. Let's do it. All right. Well, uh, then in that case, thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of uh, Hot Dogs and Caviar. Once again, I apologize for the internet glitches, uh, but it's just been that kind of day. Uh, so uh, Tarver and Nate, great to have Tarver on as always. Love you, man. Are pretty much Love third host. Love yeah, you I mean, you're basically you're a full member of the podcast, Tarver. We all know that now. Love you guys too. <laughs> so uh, for uh, Tarver, Super King King, and Nate Spin Cake Whiting, uh, this is the Mouth of the South, Jesse Sutton, and uh, we will uh, see you all next week <laughs> to uh, talk about Western Chinese food, uh, Sicilian pasta, and uh, absolutely unearthly tapas. Uh, Your favorite type of cracker to poop on. <laughs> you like Keeblers, you like saltines, you a townhouse guy. Like, what kind of crackers do you I like, like to lay a doo-doo the on? Clubhouse. They're buttery. Club crackers, club crackers are good. What about graham crackers? Those might be good. A little cinnamon doo-doo. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, like, <laughs> I like to poop on firecrackers and then ignite them. <laughs> all right so this is going off the rails uh we'll see you all next week uh thank you so much for listening love you guys love you too man love you guys Word up. Oh, baby, love